Hey everyone, welcome to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. You're listening to one of our Bible studies, our Bible class on the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is the one over creation. And just remember, uh, we're covering the previous week's sermon on this so we can deep dive and really process what is uh, what is going on in the text. So thanks so much for joining us. Let's dive into it. And ask some questions and things like that. Uh, this is the time to really deep dive. If you have questions, uh, please uh, bring those. Um, and I also want to encourage you on Wednesday nights right now, we are doing a study called Knowing Jesus Through the Old Testament. And it goes very well with uh, what we've been talking about in the story and uh, what we're talking about here uh, with the Holy Spirit. And so I'd, I'd like to encourage you to, uh, to be there for that. I'm uh, following uh, Dr. Uh, Chris Wright's book, who is uh, uh, a fantastic Old Testament scholar. Uh, again, his, the title of his book is Knowing Jesus Through the Old Testament. Uh, but he's, uh, he's also got Knowing the Holy Spirit Through the Old Testament, which is one of my resources uh, in this study. So I'd love for you to join us for that. Uh, I mentioned asking questions, and I'm going to put a slide here on the screen with my contact information. Hopefully Donald does not broadcast this to the world. All right, good. All right, there you go. We won't mention it out loud. Nobody yell my phone number or anything like that. Uh, otherwise, I'll have a bunch of buddies online that want to sell me something or need help, or you never know, you know, get my uh, email address. Uh, but there's my phone number. If you don't have it, you need it anyway, uh, in case you ever need anything. Uh, and there's my email. Uh, you can send, uh, if, if you're not comfortable asking questions in this setting, or just think of it during the week, if you're like me, uh, I send texts sometimes like, listen, this is not urgent. I just had to do it while I was thinking about it. Uh, you ever do that? Y'all, y'all, y'all don't have to take pictures of me this morning. I mean, it's, it's good. We're recording this. No. Uh, but yeah, you can send, send uh, questions there uh, if you want. Normally, I don't, I don't like anonymous stuff. So if, if you ever get mad at me and want to send me an anonymous letter, they go straight in the trash uh, because I think we ought to be adults. Uh, but, but in a setting like this where we're asking questions, if you wanted to ask an anonymous question about the Holy Spirit, that's fine. I don't, I don't really mind if you're, uh, I'd rather you, uh, you know, not think about that. But uh, if you have questions, uh, that's, uh, that's my information. Everybody got that? If you didn't, there's about 17 of you that took pictures, so we can get together and get that. Um, so let's, uh, let's revisit last week. All right, so we talked about these two guys, Robert Richardson and Tolbert Fanning. And what we talked about here is, is how much we're influenced by uh, teachers of the past. Uh, we may not realize it, may not understand it, but we are. Uh, and so these early uh, debates through uh, newspapers and things like that or uh, the things that they put out in the Millennial Harbinger with Richardson and Campbell and Things like the Gospel Advocate with uh, Tolbert Fanning. Uh, these things went back and forth and influenced a lot of people. Now, do you remember who, what, what each of them said or, or something about them? Do you remember that? Can somebody tell me some things? Who you think you remember on that? Fanning was all about the text. Text only? Knowledge. Yep. Knowledge? Yep. So... Yeah, Richardson says we're missing out on the experience, right? I think one of the uh, formational things that Richardson looked around, and of course, the Restoration Movement was all about, hey, let's get back to the Bible, let's assess things, and that's a healthy thing to do all the time, right? Uh, but especially as this movement begins, uh, 
and, and we're, in the, we're in the habit of doing this, Richardson looks around and says, wait, we've set this up. We're, we're talking about how to do things, and we're setting up the form of everything, but we've kind of, he said, as I look at Scripture, we've lost the spirit of it. And so we're, we, we've forgotten who we're building this thing for or why. And so I think that was very formational. Uh, but Richardson uh, is, is someone I agreed with on, on this. Again, we're not, we're not bashing fanning. Uh, but yeah, this was, a, this was a very big debate. And of course, you, you know, you know when, when people have these public debates through the papers or whatever, uh, that influenced a lot of people, and so preachers took that home, right? We took that, and they preached to their congregation, and then influenced other people, right? And for the longest time, it hasn't been that long that preachers actually went to school to a seminary-type uh, situation, at least a, a large majority of, of ministers. Uh, and so a lot of people were, who grew up with a preacher who was self-taught, didn't go to, to school? Anybody? Yeah, a lot of you are shaking, I did too. <clears throat> Yeah, and so, I mean, even not that long ago, right? Uh, a lot of people were, were I guess, quote-unquote self-taught, which, which means we all come with, with our influences, right? You, you cannot shed your influences. You know, we have all been influenced by someone, and that's why I started here with this discussion uh, that uh, uh, we need to understand kind of where we came from. And again, which way did Southern Churches of Christ go? Which man did they follow? Yeah, Fanning. And we see that, right? That's not a surprise after I explained what each of them said, right? It's word only. We need to, uh, to, to learn. It's all about knowledge. And we probably, for some of you, yeah, that's how my church experience has been. Uh, and we also talked about John Locke, who influenced Fanning. Uh, John Locke, again, our senses are the source of knowledge. And since God and spiritual things cannot be experienced by the five senses, we are entirely dependent upon the Bible for any knowledge of or contact with God. And you remember I told you that, that Fanning actually was accusing Richardson of following all these philosophies. And Richardson said, this is you. This is, this is what you do. And, and he was exactly right. And remember Fanning had this funny thing where at first he, he declined, no, I don't follow Locke, nothing like that. And by the end of all this back and forth, Fanning said, well, yeah, I mean, I, I follow him, but this is not a philosophy because it's true. So he took the word philosophy out of it. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just say that. Uh, so that was, that was John uh, Locke. And he said, in short, the, the Bible and human senses provide the only pathway to the human soul, the Bible, word, uh, and the human senses. Okay, so I'm not going to say them again. I'm going to leave one out. We know that already, right? Uh, this system has been termed the dirt philosophy due to its dependence on material things. Again, because if I'm doing uh, all the, uh, the five senses, what am I not doing? None of that is spiritual, right? This is things, these are things I can, I can prove. Again, the enlightenment, uh, we're advancing in science, and so I know, I know more about how things work, and we're kind of pushing God out of the way. See? And so we start with, uh, with some questions today, and I think I've got about nine questions. And these are just, these are not things we have to get through. Uh, if you have other questions, I want you to ask them. Uh, these are just kind of prompts to get us started and hopefully just kind of reinforce uh, some of the things we have, we have studied. All right, question one. After last week, can you see how some of the views about the Holy Spirit in our tradition have been shaped? 
did it was it clear to you between you know in that debate and the way they go back and forth? Did that enlighten you a little bit? How many of you are of the opinion, yeah, that happened a long time ago, but that doesn't influence me? Like that was me uh, early on. I remember I was probably seventh grade or so. One of my buddies came up to me and said, you're just a Camelite. He didn't know what Campbell, he didn't know it was Campbell. He'd heard Camel. Uh, and I said, what? And, and finally, uh, and I didn't know who Campbell was anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Um, but um, he, he was talking about how we had been influenced by, uh, by Campbell. And I was like, no. And, and even, if, even if they said something, unless it was true, I don't follow them anyway. But that was, that was a little short-sighted in how we're influenced. Um, how many of you have changed your mind on something over the course of time in church? Okay. How many of you, though you've changed your mind, still have something happen that you're okay with now, but because you used to not be okay with it, like your first instinct is, oh, ever have that? I do the same thing. I do the same thing. You know, because that's the way I was, I was taught or that's the way I knew it for a long time, when that situation arises, the immediate thought is, oh, even though I'm okay with it. Isn't that kind of crazy? And that's how impactful these things are. So I just want to start out with that. Any questions about Fanning or uh, Richardson in that? Is that pretty clear? I enjoy that kind of stuff. So sometimes it's, and I, I've studied, I, I got to tell uh, Connie that uh, I was uh, tipped off to that debate because uh, my dean of Bible at, at Lipscomb had written a book, Participating in God's Life. And so it was a blessing that we actually read this for a class, not his class, but then we got to meet with him and discuss it and ask questions, and that was a lot of fun. Okay, no questions on that? I, yeah, go ahead. I, I enjoy the, the historical part of it because I'm a history geek. Yeah. But I think, I don't know, what what occurs to me is, is in that situation, if you're going, uh, maybe you're not totally with a group with it, or maybe... Maybe you've made peace with it, or, or maybe it's still bothers. I mean, you know, yeah. there's there's a lot of variables there. Yeah, could be when you when you are talking about that. Yeah, you know, and I can't speak for anyone else, uh, but there are things that I have made peace with that I have no issues at, about at all, and I still immediately. Uh. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm yeah. not saying it doesn't happen too. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, yeah, room for. Could be. Oh, yeah. I mean, change is hard anyway. Anybody who's changed their mind on something, especially if it's big, I mean, that's a difficult thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hard-headed. Could be. Probably y'all, not me. Yeah. Valentine? This question is for anybody. Okay. So where we stand as a church of Christ now? Are we on the Campbell side or the Richard side? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. I think we probably need to ask that question at the end of this study. Uh, and see kind of what, what we think, because I, I think a study like this kind of gives us language that maybe we couldn't articulate at times. Uh, maybe we've got some, some feelings, but we haven't concluded, you know, feel like we've got conclusions on it. But I think that's a good question to hold with us and, and kind of think about. Huh? How much time do we have to wait now? Two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, 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 five minutes, you know, something like that. Ten minutes, yeah. Yeah, we'll have the answer. We ever find that perfect church, we better not go there. That's that's it. That's it. Uh, we need to we need to remember that.
All right, let me ask you this question. Why do you think the Lockean philosophy from John Locke was so easily accepted as a way to view Scripture? So, again, we look at it through the five senses, uh, provable. Why do you think that was so easily accepted as a way to view Scripture? It was a pretty prominent philosophy prior to that time. Mm -hmm. Prior to the Enlightenment. Yeah. Chronologically, that's what a lot of people think. Yeah, yeah, it was it was already a part of the culture. Yeah, absolutely. So much so that that, like I said, Fanning just doesn't even claim that it has any influence on him. You know, that's just. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, and so, it, it, you know, Fanning is a good example of of how you can be completely influenced by something and be completely unaware of it. At least, you know, we assume he's truthful and, you know, not, not uh, saying that. Any other thoughts? Well, I mean, it's, that philosophy doesn't require a whole lot of faith. If you see uh -huh. something, you, know, you can see it, you know, your five senses, or it's right there. Yep. That's easy. Mm -hmm. But to go beyond something that you really can't explain and say that this is, this is something that were, you know, that the Spirit led me to do, that's harder to explain than have faith. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody want to comment on what Paul just said there? How nervous would you be if, uh, uh, if someone came up and started telling you, I think the, the Holy Spirit has influenced me or told me or me of you kind of withdraw a little bit from that? Some of you yes, some of you no. You believe, yeah. Uh, and again, we mentioned last week, you know, the, uh, Scripture talks about testing. That's not a problem. It says, you know, you don't have to accept everything, you know, as soon as it's told to you. The Holy Spirit told me, oh, well, you know, I accept it already, no. Because if I stand up here and I tell you things that you know, the Holy Spirit has told me, uh, you guys need to buy me a private plane. Okay, you need to ask, what part of Scripture, what part of God's revealing His will, does that you know make sense in? You know, does this does this fit into Scripture? And that's what that's what God tells us to do in Scripture is to look at that, to test these things. Okay, so we don't accept just willy nilly, but I think sometimes we don't accept at all. We go the other way, and as soon as someone says, "I believe the Spirit moved me to," I'm out. I'm tuned out. Probably not. Eh, you probably didn't. You know, you drank some caffeine before you went to bed or something, and, you know, brain was up all night. We joke about it, and that's probably true for a lot of us, right? Okay? So, not a lot of faith. Again, it's how many of you have talked about in church uh, how, much, how important it is to believe the right thing. Intellectually, you hear that. It is important for us to believe the right thing. We're, I think, I could safely say in my background, that was more important than, you know, are you going out and doing what we say we believe? You know, uh, like, do you, uh, what was important for us as Church of Christ, do you believe that instruments are wrong? You better believe that, you know, even though nobody was bringing in a guitar or anything to test us in that. But do you believe it? And so that was an influence. I think I told you guys that I, uh, I went to a Wednesday night uh, service one time, and I had just come from guitar practice as a kid. 
and I brought that thing in the uh, in the front door, and those ladies, oh my goodness, looked like a bunch of fire ants all of a sudden. And my guitar ended up with a cover on it in the nursery. I don't know what they thought that guitar was about to do, but they had it pinned down. So, uh, but it was important for us to uh, believe the right thing. Now, part of this. Um, the elder one time said, I have no problems with instruments in the church, yeah. as long as they can't be seen or heard. Well, and I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, some people will go, you know, we'll, we'll hang on to a thought as far as we can, and we went through Revelation this past past year, and, uh, you know, in Revelation, you know, they're, 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 you know, got these harps and all these things, trumpets and all this, and uh, I've heard uh, preachers say, yeah, but you don't see them playing. They're just holding get out of town with that stuff, okay? Uh, but yeah, and, and, and what I'll say one more time is uh, as we go back to uh, the kind of the influences we have that we don't even understand, I, I've told you guys before that even going to the bookstore that I went to, it was a Church of Christ bookstore, and they curated what was there. And again, you can only read certain people up to a certain time, and they change their mind. Now they're kind of this erring brother, and you can't read them anymore, and so... Like, we cultivated what we think. We, we, we set up this system where you can only read people with whom we already agree. Well, that's, that, that's just not intellectually honest. You go to school right now, they're not going to allow you to just uh, deal with people you already agree with. You have to deal with the other side. And, and so growing up, I didn't even get to, uh, to read people that would even challenge my thought, which we need. You ever had someone challenge you and you, you initially thought, man, these people are crazy, and the more you studied you thought, uh-oh, <laughs> maybe they were right. Yeah, yeah it can be, uh, be interesting. All right? In Lockean philosophy, or Fanning's position, there is no direct link to God because God only works through the written word. We study the Bible, and the Spirit impacts us through the word of God there in that we become smarter and learn more about God's will. That's Word only. Uh, so Richardson asked them, then why would you pray? Again, Campbell and Fanning, uh, both were devout men of prayer. And so Richardson asked them, if you believe this, why are you praying? What are your thoughts on that question? Well, in jeopardy terms, what is faith? <laughs> Do what? In jeopardy terms, what is faith? What is faith, okay? <laughs> How many times in the book does it say you pray? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, if this is going to be my rule book, then do what the rule book says. Yeah, okay. I heard somebody else, but... I just said we were told to pray. Told to pray. Well, but back to the question here. Is it just about obedience and, the, and just saying the prayer goes nowhere, no higher than the ceiling? Or is there something else to it? Does God hear our prayer? Didn't they think that God heard their prayer? Did Locke pray? He was a Christian, I assume so. I don't know. I don't know about Locke specifically whether he prayed, but I know Campbell and Fanning were devout in prayer. Yeah. So that's that's the conundrum for that that side. If we're only about word only, that that's the only way that God can work. Again, putting God in the box. You, you heard Dwayne Miller in that uh, video last week talk about we put God in a box and tell him, here, God, you sit in here, and that's all you can do. 
Um, but if it's word only, all I do is read scripture and get smarter, there's no room for prayer. And Locke, Locke would, you know, there is no direct link to God in the way that, uh, and Locke may not have uh, prayed, I don't know. But his, his thought was there is no direct link to God. So they had to look in the mirror and say, well, why do we pray? And they, they kind of mentally did some gymnastics and got around that. I don't know if they said it was an obedience thing or whatever. But why would you pray? And I asked the question last week, do you believe that prayer works? When you pray for healing or pray for whatever you pray for, do you believe God hears your prayers and that he responds? Because if you think that, then you can't follow Fanning's line of thought and, and Locke, okay? So Richard, Richardson asked a fantastic question to make them think. Now again, because we're hard-headed and we don't change our mind easily, he still lost this thing. And because he lost this back and forth argument, he lost his job both at the, the Millennial Harbinger and at Bethany College. Um, so just because he made them think didn't mean he was going to influence in that way. But what a great question. Anybody skeptical or, or like, I don't think God answers prayer? He answers it. It's not always what we want to hear. Sometimes yeah. it's his silence that, you know, mm -hmm. it's, like a, it's not right now. Yeah. It's his answer. And I think so many times we go to God with our perfect timeline and our perfect answers, and when those aren't met, then we go, well, I don't know if God's listening. I don't know if he's doing anything about this. God may not come to you exactly when you call on him, but he'll always be right on time. Yeah. And that's hard in the moment, isn't it? If you're waiting on something and I'd like it right now, man, it's hard to wait on God's time. How many of you have seen God work something out and you thought, man, that was the perfect timing? Yeah. I mean, we can point to our uh, sale of our, our building, right? I'd like to sold it, you know, before I got here, right? Um, but it, it just happened, right? It happened at the right time. And now we're sitting here trying to figure out next steps and how do we get a building on our new land and all this, and we'd like it done yesterday, and I'm guessing it's going to be done about the right time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you remember this term from last, uh, last week in the sermon, especially? What is deism? Do you remember this term? It's okay if you don't. We'll see if you remember it. I don't see a bunch of enthusiastic yeses, so we will explain that. Uh, deism is this thought, and this is kind of what Fanning would be leaning towards. Uh, deism is this thought that God set up the world, that he put all the systems and processes in place, and he started that up, he cranked the engine, and he walked away. And again... You can, you can hear that in the word only, right? God is, God is not involved anymore. It is about us. We have God's word. We study it. We get smarter. So I asked you the question last week, does this sound like what we have been reading in the Old Testament? Not at all, right? Like not even close. Uh, and for some reason, uh, we have, I guess because we're living in the moment, that in the New Testament and, you know, after the times of Jesus, we feel like for some reason, though God didn't tell us he would, that he just walked away after, you know, the church was started or G 
Jesus was raised or maybe after the time of the apostles or something, you know, some arbitrary thing we're going to grab onto, though Scripture doesn't tell us. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's an interesting uh, term to think about. So, I'll uh, already ask the second question. So what do you think about today? If we're talking about, we talked about Old Testament, do you think that God has walked away and now he is going? That goes back to the prayer question, doesn't it? Yeah, is God working? I guess it also goes back to, do you believe that God inspired the authors to write, mm -hmm. the, write the word that you're putting so much faith in? Yeah. Um, because if he just walked away and he's not doing anything, then he didn't inspire those men to write that. This is just a bunch of collection of, of men's thoughts. Unless you're, like I said, choosing one of those arbitrary points after this point, you know, then he, quit. you know, then he walked away. Yeah, I think so. What I struggle with sometimes when I'm reading the Old Testament is it gets to. It's like in Exodus right now. I'm reading where the where they're, they're building the. Uh, tabernacle and all the things that go into to that and the things that they have to do such as the, uh, the feasts and the, but then it says and this ye shall do for generations to come mm -hmm. forever well how do I take that forever. yeah yeah great question uh, we've always struggled with at what point <coughs> does some of that go away or has it gone away and we shouldn't have let it go away, or yeah, good, good question. Um, and the same, I think that's that's right on point with what we're talking about with the Holy Spirit. And hopefully, what you'll see through this study, uh, we're going to answer uh, some of the questions that were asked last week as we as we go through the study. Uh, but yeah, very important question. When, what does that mean? How many generations happened after that, Scott, between them and us? A lot, right? Uh, a friend of mine was. He said, "Well, what about eating?" Uh, uh, eating pork, you know, and then, well, Peter had a vision that uh, was kind of trippy, and it changed after that. I don't know. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay, so I don't think we think God has, has walked away after this. Uh, one of the big points of the sermon was how we are often looking for only the working of the Spirit in specific ways or instances. Why do you think that could be the case? So when we think about the Holy Spirit, remember last week I talked about how even the mention of the Holy Spirit, I think for a lot of us we have a specific thing we think about. Maybe it's speaking in tongues. Uh, maybe it's prophecy. I don't, I don't know. Anything else that comes to mind? Like when you think of the Holy Spirit working, what, what's, what's like your default? Anybody want to share that? Do you have a default? You like a guy named Fanning, and you don't want to talk right now. My first thought is what I was thought is that he helps us understand mm. the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Reveal truth to us through the Bible. Yeah, that's the first thing I think of. And that's great. And hopefully, hopefully, I haven't muddied this up. But I believe there's power in the Word, don't you? I just don't think that that's the only way God works. And I'm certainly not going to stand here and say, God, you can only do this. Yeah, there's power in the Word. That, that, how many times have you gone to Scripture and you read it and you thought, that wasn't there the last time I read that? Because right now it's clear. Right now it just taught me something. And, man, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else want to share a default when you think about the Holy Spirit? 
sometimes I want to think of him as a sword. And I want, if somebody does me wrong, I want the spirit to come upon you and just come up. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the sermon this morning. Um, not you specifically, Scott, but uh, but that idea. Yeah. I always would just think of police or getting the Holy Spirit. It's just a surge of overwhelming confidence that you're doing the right thing. Mm. Yeah. That you're really that God has put it into you that, that you're really doing that this is something that has to be done and it's the right thing and you're doing it. And, mm. and there's it's not even gonna be a problem. I mean you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean comforter bringing a peace that you can't describe. Yeah. I think you're right on it. It's a healthy view. I think for most of my life, uh, as I shared last week, I, you know, I thought about the Holy Spirit as all of a sudden we're speaking in tongues and you know running up down aisles. I, I don't know if I can get through a day of Instagram without uh, some charismatic church, you know, uh, you know, video that, that somebody's somebody's running or jumping or something. And uh, I, I think for a lot of people that's what we look for. A lot of people may go to church to see that. Uh, but again, it is uh, that's not the only way that God works. When we read about tongues and prophecy and all this stuff, that is not all, the only way the Spirit works. Uh, and back to, to last week as we talked about creation, how does nature and creation speak to the ongoing power of God? We talked last week that, that the Holy Spirit is, again, the creator in Genesis 1-2, that the Spirit of God was hovering over the water, just, just ready in creation to make this happen and also the sustainer we read scripture uh, where, where it talks about if you take your spirit we die or animals die and so spirit is uh, creator and sustainer so how does nature and creation as you walk out this door today speak to the ongoing power of God the work of the Holy Spirit right out there and we don't even have to go that far do we we can say right here what do you think between these two guys, we've got to remember that we're we're looking at, at a debate between two imperfect people. Sure. You know, Everyone we've ever seen, right? And if you decide to, to debate something, you don't even have to believe in what you debate. Yeah. If you take, I've never taken a debate class. But, I mean, they've given somebody a subject, hey, debate this side yeah. of the subject. So these guys could be just trying to win a debate yeah. and not even really believe what they're debating. They weren't, but they could be. Yeah. I mean, these, these two weren't. They truly believed it. Richardson to the point he lost his jobs. I'm just looking at the word is, is really what we what we look at and not mm -hmm. these two guys debate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but but back to the point, if we if we uh, disregard the way we've been influenced, we forget. Uh, because I think like my view of things was I just study scripture and I learn, which is not true. I'm influenced. Uh, how many of you have been influenced by a preacher? Raise your hand because you have. Sermons, classes, you have been influenced. And, and so, could be, could be. Maybe it's right now. Who knows? We're not even going to say, are we, Scott? 
Um, but you have been influenced. And so we bring, you bring that influence when you read the Word of God. Uh, I had a, a class one time. I don't remember how we got, we weren't specifically talking about instruments, but we got off on that somehow. And uh, a guy raised his hand. He said, what about when uh, David was said to have made instruments, you know, and it wasn't in God, you know, God didn't like that. And I said, what, what's the scripture on that? Let's read it out loud so we can read it together. And he turned over, and I can't even remember the scripture off the top of my head right now, but he turned over and read it. And as soon as he got done reading, he said, that doesn't say what I thought it said. But he had been influenced by that. Sitting here, I, I know that scripture says this. And it's because we've been influenced in that way. And we go over there and read it, and it's like, oh, okay, well, it doesn't say that. But I was told it said that, so now, you know, I take that with me. Well, I thought it was interesting. I was reading about Fanning, and he would go uh, during summer break, he would go from town to town and preach. Mm -hmm. He and his wife went to this town, and his carriage broke down. So he had to stay there longer than he had intended. Mm -hmm. And he saved many more souls mm -hmm. because he had to stay there longer. And so the point was... Was that an accident? I mean, yeah. was did that happen for a reason? I think if you asked Fanning, he would he would say, you know, he would explain the the logic of how it broke down. But my question, my I have to go back now yeah. and see: Did Fanning say this, uh -huh. or did the writer say this about that? Or, you know, was it was it? Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. About about the story, about the story. Purpose for this well, knowing knowing what I know about Fanning, that's what he would have said, because again, his uh, his idea on the philosophy he wouldn't use that term. His philosophy is that God doesn't work that way; that God only works through the Word. I would I would say God did something there, you know. Um, there was a very prominent Christian minister one time who, who was asked about his, how he became a Christian. And he said he was a prisoner of war. Mm. He said, it wasn't my friends that made me a Christian, it was my enemies. Oh, wow. <laughs> there are so many stories of, of God kind of working in just different angles, different ways. Uh, missionaries showing up to a place and being met by people that said, God told us you were going to be here. You know, and it was not a planned thing type of thing. But I don't know what to do with that. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell God, no, you can't. Um, I think by nature, though, mm -hmm. we question. Sure. Because of what we've been taught, it's like, that doesn't really happen. Yeah, yeah. You know? And what have we read in the Old Testament? People were completely obedient, and they just followed them all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the story, as we've been covering it, is our story. It is the story of humanity. It is the story of them. It is the story of us. And we keep following that pattern, don't we? We get close to God. We move away. Some days, weeks, months feel really good. I'm really, uh, really jiving with God. Something happens or something, you know, a lot of little things happen. And all of a sudden, I'm somewhere else. Yeah, it's, it's a complete, uh, uh, complete story. So we talked about creation have you seen? Have you noticed God working in different ways this week? So, I told you go outside and look at nature. God, the Holy Spirit, is working through nature right now to sustain what is being created. Right? 
So as much as well, we didn't share a bunch of our defaults as we think of the Holy Spirit, but we walk outside, that is a work of God. Karen said the beat of our heart. How many of those things do we take for granted? We want the big thing. We want the question asked. We want uh, you know, the answer that we've already decided we need answered about a certain topic. And then if it's not answered, we think, well, God's just not working or he doesn't care. And we walk out in creation among all of this stuff that God is, God is providing that even the sparrow is fed and clothed and we just go out with blinders on, right? So did you notice God in creation or some other way this week? Did you think about it? I stepped outside last night. Oh, yeah, for a second, I put my head right back in. Yeah. See the dark cloud yeah. after dark. Yeah. Don't miss lightning, just lightning in the sky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? I love a good thunderstorm, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we watched the sun come up on a boat. Yeah. That's special, isn't it? Darkness gone. Yeah. That came up this morning. Beauty, beauty of that creation. Yeah. Anything else? All right, we talked last week. Everyone who was ever given a miraculous spiritual gift or a healing, so they got what they wanted, maybe. Maybe they didn't know they wanted it, but they got it. They were healed, and maybe they were even raised from the dead, as we've saw, as we've seen. But every one of them who had this happen only had it for a short time. So the healed person died eventually. The person with the spiritual gift didn't have it all the time. Uh, Paul's able to do some things at some points in his ministry, and then other points he needs help. So what do you make of this? What do you make that uh, um, we, I think we desire the miraculous, right? We desire the healing. And if God doesn't give it to us, then we think, God, what are you doing? But at some point in our lives, you know, that's all going to go. Death is a part of life, unfortunately, right? Um. I don't know. If it, if it wasn't, how crowded would this be? We wouldn't live near the country, would we? There's people stacked on, on people. What do you think about this? I think it's just all part of God's plan, and we're not supposed to understand everything. Mm. Uh, Lisa and I had a conversation, you know, about him driving and things the other day, and that's one thing we talked about. We just don't worry about him. We trust God to get him home safe. And mm -hmm. If he doesn't, he's going to a better place. Yeah. That was part of the plan. Yeah. I mean, God that happen, but mm -hmm. I think we just have to trust the plan, even though I, I had a conversation this week with a non believer about this. He was like, How can you believe in God when, you know, he was using trauma station, all these things? I don't have answers for that. Yeah. But it doesn't deter my faith. I, I can't answer those big questions, but it doesn't make me not believe there's a God. Yeah. Well, I, the way I would answer that question that had been posed to me is that we live in a broken, fallen world. And if the pinnacle of what we believe is existence is the here and now, then that's a good question. But if God's promises extend further than the here and now, we went through some things, and God's going to have us for eternity. Okay. Yeah, those things, those things still aren't good. God, God didn't cause those things. You know, because sin was uh, introduced into the world, we have been 
on a, on a spiral ever since, right? It's fallen and broken, and you have the ability to make poor choices today, right? To go hurt someone today. And that's not God. I believe God brings something good out of it. That's not God. That's you. We, so we relish in the opportunity that God gives us freedom, that God gives us free will and choice. But then when something happens, we go, God, why didn't you stop that? Right? And we all have choices to make. And so that's the difficulty there, is I love my free will and choice, and then, God, why didn't you stop all that? Why didn't you take away their free will or choice or make that happen? Because we're in a fallen world where even, like, sicknesses happen. And I don't think God created the Garden of Eden with cancer in it. Uh, I think that's a part of our fallen world, and things like that happen. Not because God wants it, I don't think. Uh, though, again, I, I think God can bring good out of it. All right, we've got just a couple of minutes here. Scriptures to look into. These are the things that uh, we mentioned last week. If you uh, uh, want to read and uh, kind of refresh in New Testament passages, uh, that's one of those to, uh, to look at. We've got four there. We certainly could, could have a lot more. And the questions that we're asking, uh, these are compiled from last week. Uh, the questions we, we had asked, uh, I think Heath, Rebecca, and Alan asked these questions. Uh, what does it mean for the Holy Spirit to be our advocate? And we will cover that in the future. Uh, Rebecca asked, how did the Hebrew people understand the Holy Spirit of God? And that's what you'll see through this, especially through the first part of this study, is uh, we, we started at creation, we started at Genesis. Uh, today, we will be over into Exodus and uh, even into uh, like Judges. And so you'll see this kind of development of thought uh, as they go. Uh, so that will be answered. And uh, why does God heal some and not others? Some, some of the things we just kind of on the same line with what we talked about. And if you weren't here last week, I told Alan, I don't think there'll be a class where you show up and I answer this and you go home satisfied. Oh, okay, I got it now. God under, or John understands God completely. Uh, because back to what Tiffany just said, uh, I think it's, we want to know and we, we are very intelligent people and because of the enlightenment, we know so much about so many things. I think sometimes we look at God and think, well, I can explain everything here or I want to. And if it doesn't fit what I think, then you know, something's wrong. Um, but I think uh, the things of God, the bigger story, uh, may be too big for us sometimes and what he has planned, and I, I think it should be. Otherwise, why follow him if I can figure it all out myself? All right, questions that you would like to add to this list? Anything that you've thought of that you'd like to ask now? Again, you can, uh, on the other, I prefer you, you text or email. That way I've got, I can make a quick list. You can call me if you need to, uh, but text and email uh, is, is the best if you can do that. Any other things you want to add? All right, well, I'll look for those texts and emails and all of that good stuff. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, we'll, uh, again, we'll pick up next week uh, following this morning's sermon.